You're listening to the Solo to CEO podcast with Davina Frederick. Hello, and welcome to the Solo to CEO podcast, where we provide a mix of powerful, thought-provoking, and practical information to assist you in your transformation from solo to CEO of a high-impact, high-revenue-generating business. I'm your host, Davina Frederick, and I'm here with Chavelis Ehlers, attorney and CEO of Ehlers Law Firm. Ehlers Law Firm provides criminal defense, personal injury, and family law services for clients throughout Florida. Welcome, Chavelis. It's good to have you as our guest on the Solo to CEO podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm so happy you're here. So you and I have known each other for quite a while now, two or three years, and I'm super excited that you're here today. I finally got you on my podcast, Um, and I can't wait to dive in. Can you tell us more about Ehlers Law Firm and how you serve your clients? Sure. Um, My practice focuses on criminal defense and family law. Um, I used to be a prosecutor for two and a half years when I started my career as a lawyer. Um, after that, I did a little bit of insurance defense, and I, after that, I decided to um, to go my own. So, I, like I said, I mostly focus on criminal defense and family law, and the bulk of my clients are mostly Hispanic. Okay, so... So let's back back up because I want to hear. I'm always really interested when I talk to other lawyers uh, about how they came to be a lawyer. What made them decide? Like, was it a childhood dream, or was it something that you know you decided to do later on? Uh, well, in life? this started mostly when I was a when I was younger. Um, my dad always had this love and passion for the law and he used to say he was a frustrated lawyer um so we we will discuss cases you know back when we lived in puerto rico um but we'll discuss cases and and i just you know i I just started to to have an interest in in criminal defense Mm -hmm. so i graduated college which i did a bachelor's in marketing and business and I did not want to dive in law into law school right away because I wanted to work and make money. So I put that on hold until the recession back in 2010. Um, you know, the recession was a little bit before, but then I said, you know, I think it's the time. And, and that's when I decided to, to go to law school. So it was something I've had since I was, you know, a, a teenager. Um, so I pursued it when I was a little bit older. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so it's probably it was probably better to pursue it when you were a little bit older and had a little bit of experience under your belt because law school is no easy thing to do. <laughs> I and, agree, I agree, <laughs> and especially then starting your uh, own firm. But uh, you were a prosecutor first, and yeah. then did insurance defense, and then what made you decide to finally just like hang your own shingle? Well, I think it was time. I didn't like what I was doing at the insurance defense firm. You know, I wanted to do litigation all the time. That's why I went into the state attorney's office. Um, so it was a hard transition from being core two and a half years, pretty much all the time to just sitting at a desk. So, I, I you know, although I was making more money, um, I was not happy. And I had a friend who is a great uh, businesswoman and she sort of pushed me to it. You know, she said, I, you know, it, it's the time. Why don't you do it? Go for it. 
and you know, and I and I did it, and I did it. And and how long have you had your own practice? Since two thousand and seventeen. Yeah, twenty seventeen. Oh, so a couple yeah. now, so a couple of years now. Then, so how how's it been so far? What do you think so far? It's been great. It's challenging um, to wear many hats. Um, and you know, I started with a partner. Then we we broke up the partnership. You know, things you learn along the way um, on how to run a business. But, you know, it's it's been great. And I think there's a lot more to come. But like I said, it's, it's, it's challenging. Yeah, yeah. We're going to get into some of those challenges. But um, before we go there, I want to know a little bit more about your practice because you've kind of taken a, a, a real, a little bit different spin on your, the way that you practice and what you, the markets that you serve. You in particular are, uh, very focused on serving the Hispanic market. In fact, you know, I've talked and um, I know that you like 95% of your clients are Hispanic. And why is that important to you? Well, I am Hispanic myself. I was born and raised in Puerto Rico. Um, and I have seen through, uh, I've seen, seen through the years living here in Florida that obviously we have grown the Hispanic community. And I have seen a lack or, or, or perhaps like a shortage of Hispanic attorneys, especially criminal defense attorneys, um, and more specifically women. So I've, you know, since I went to law school, I've always said that that was going to be my niche. Um, there are not too many women, like I said, criminal defense lawyers. So, so you know, it is important for me as a Hispanic to provide this service for the Hispanic community to communicate better, feel more comfortable. Um, you know, as a prosecutor, I saw when Hispanics were represented by non-Hispanic lawyers and, and they were just like lost. So, and I think it's because there's not that many out there. So that's why it's important for me to, to target that, that community. Yeah. So explain that to me a little bit more. Give me, um, Let's go into detail in that a little bit more because I find that really um, interesting, and I think it's something that we don't talk about enough. How, as a society, how important it is for um, to be represented by people who look like you, sound like you, get you, you know. In, in, mm -hmm. your, in your society, right? Um, because when you're in, when you are in a situation where you are scared, you don't know mm -hmm. what's going on here, you know, and our legal system in this country is complex. Mm -hmm. It's scary, <laughs> you know, no matter who you are, right? And then right. If, you're, if you're, and then if you're standing there and, you know, you don't, maybe you, maybe English isn't your first language. And, you know, for some people, they may speak English and Spanish, but for some mm -hmm. people, they may not, you know, what, what are some of the other things that you encounter? And, 
and why it's important to have a Hispanic attorney, particularly a female Hispanic attorney? Well, there's a lot of hand-holding in this process. And, and like you said, you know, explaining people their scare. So, I mean, I just don't see, and, and I see this when people come to my office, you know, they're still alarmed. They're still hysterical when they're coming from another attorney. And it's like, you know, you're going through a situation like this and and you want someone that that you can trust, that will hold your hand, and that will sort of make you feel like, I, I get, you know, I got this for you. Um, so I experience a lot of people coming, you know, to my office without understanding the process, without understanding the charges, without understanding the consequences. And people who have um, accepted plea deals without knowing exactly what they got themselves into. So I see a lot of that and it's the language barrier and it's the, um, you know, the fact that they weren't explained properly, maybe used an interpreter, but it, it's not the same. So these are some of the things and issues that I encounter. And that's why it's important for me to to target the Hispanic community. Right. I know there are a lot of law offices when you mention an interpreter. I know there are a lot of law offices that have, you know, that might hire a um, an assistant who a receptionist or a paralegal who speaks Spanish, but the attorney doesn't speak Spanish. And, you know, and they they build a law practice, you, you know, that way. Um, but it makes a huge difference when the attorney is fluent in Spanish and that's their, that's a, a first language, you know, right? I agree. I agree. I think, I think through a third person, through a third party, you don't build the same report with the client. Like I like to sit with the clients. I, you know, I like, I, I hear them cry. I hear them vent. And I just, I think you lost a little bit of the, you lose a little bit of the emotional component and the report with the client when you're just translating back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I have also experienced, you know, and, and seen interpreters not translating the correct words. So it, it, it's, it's just not the same. Right. Right. Um, do you find, are there, are there also uh, cultural nuances? Um, you know, there, there could be, however, I think for the most part, you know, the Hispanic mark, the his, you know, Hispanics, as a whole, they, they just feel, you know, you're Spanish, you understand me. Um, so, I mean, so it doesn't matter of, if they're, you know, Puerto Cuban Rican, versus Cuban Puerto Rican. Rican. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. I, right. It, I don't so uh, you also, uh, also tend to, I know that you really uh, tend to uh, market to, um, men as well. I, I know that you work with men and women clients, mm-hmm. but you also think that uh, a lot of times men are a real underserved market, particularly in uh, like family law cases. So mm-hmm. talk to me, talk to me about that. What's been your experience? Well, I think men are less um, confrontational. Um, and they they tend to just give up quicker. 
I think in family law, women are more aggressive and men just tend to just submit to it. So that's why I decided to brand my firm more towards men in that aspect to have a woman's voice going against a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and, you know, I have, I have seen a growth in um, male clients hiring me and, and then just letting me lead them through the process of, you know, time sharing, uh, child support and, and those matters. But they do tend to be like, I just want to get this over, give her whatever she wants. And, and I just want to see my kids. Like that's actually the, the whole concept that they have in their head. And it's a little bit more complicated when you, you know, when you explain to them that the process is just not like, I just want this to be over. You know, we have to go through a process. Right. Right. So that, um, and that's interesting. You're probably, you would probably have, I bet you have a lot of, uh, other attorneys, particularly probably women attorneys, who I do. I have a friend that you. Who, I was going to say who disagree with you on that. <laughs> when you said no, 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 I don't think they disagree. But I actually have a, a really good friend who just markets to women. Uh huh. Um, and, and you know the name of her firm, invo- you know, has the woman uh, word in it, and but she also has men who hire her because it's like oh, you know. I want this woman that represents women to represent me because they're going to go after the, the, the woman. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, they know how women think. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So. Right. Right. It, it is, uh, it is funny how uh, gamesmanship comes into, it. you know, how we think as people about, you know, when we're going through something like what our strategy is, you know, like, so when your clients come to you, what their thought process is and how they make decisions of who they hire, you know? And I remember uh, doing that myself when I was practicing family law, when I had selected mediators, you know, I'd be thinking through, okay, what kind of person is on the other side and who do I need, what type of personality, you know? So it is, mm-hmm. you're always thinking of the balancing of the personalities and, who, what opposing counsel's like and what opposing parties are like and how you, you know, what the judge is going to be like and, you know, how to balance all those things out. So it's, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating thing. Um, Mm -hmm. So speaking of that, that's a nice segue into your own team and building your own firm (laughs) Mm -hmm. and partnerships and all that kind of thing. So you mentioned before uh, about having a partner and starting out with that in your firm and then kind of going on your own. Um, mm-hmm. what, what did you find to be, um, I think it's, it's kind of common for a lot of particularly women attorneys to choose to start a practice with a partner and, um, and then find that, or at some point in their career to have a partner and then find that maybe partnerships not for them. What mm-hmm. kind of makes you, what, what was your first um, thought with sort of starting out with a partner and what made yeah. you decide to not have a partner any longer? You know, when I thought of partnering up, I just saw it as, you know, it's just teamwork. Um, we, you know, we were handling 
different areas. Um, and, and like I said, it was just, you know, this is just going to be teamwork. And it was a dream we had uh, from, from being in college. Um, and then, you know, there are just, you know, the fact that it didn't work, you know, we still great friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have different, uh, different views, different uh, personal situations that, you know, it's just not going to do well in the equation. And then it's, it's just a matter of you know just deciding this is this is not gonna work. You go on your own, I go on my own, and, and then that's it. I mean everything amicable. Like I said, we're, we're still great friends. Right. Did you when you went on your um, own? Um. What what kinds of things do you like about um being on your own? And is it something where would you consider partnership again? Or do you find that do you find that you like being a solo so much that it's not really very appealing to you? Um, I like to have the total control of how things are done and then just branding one person. Mm-hmm. Um, partnership in the future. I mean, I, I'm not, I'll, I'll never say no. For now, I'm just focused on branding the firm, you know, the way I'm doing it right now. So I, I don't foresee a partnership soon. Um, I do have, you know, like not formal, I don't have formal partnerships, but I do work cases with other attorneys. Um, and, and we do like, we partner up to do trials. So, so there are alternatives. So there are alternative ways. I know that you work in alternative ways with other attorneys. Yes. So talk to me about that. Um, you know, we just do co-counsel work. There are cases that I like to handle with, you know, different attorneys depending on on what the case is. And I think one, two heads is better than one. And then sometimes it it just takes a team to to handle a case. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I like it, and especially trial work to just partner up with someone to, to handle trials. Right. So, so talk to me about your, uh, your team. You have been, um, you've been working on, um, growing a team, growing your firm, um, over the last couple of years. And I know that that's been, um, uh, a challenging aspect because it's, that is a, typically a challenging aspect for solos is uh-huh. knowing sort of when the good time is to hire a, a staff person and uh, when to hire an associate and how to grow. And what are some of the challenges that you've encountered and how have you overcome them? Well, building a team, I think it's an ongoing issue because it's like a, it's like a timing bomb. You never know when they're going to leave. So you're all you're always on that edge of like, are they gonna leave? You feel like you have a great team, and then you know, three months or four months into it, they quit. So you know, it's you start putting the puzzle together, but you always have in the back of your head, I mean, maybe this this puzzle or, or this is gonna break at some point. So uh, you know, I just try to make the most of it while I have them working for me. Mm-hmm. Um, give them 
the tools and resources to just be efficient. Um, but it's, you know, it's hard to find people that really, really want to work and care about your business and that mm. they're just not there collecting a check. So, and you know, there's no way, there's no way to know that until they start working and then you start seeing um, how are they producing, how are they handling things. Yeah, it's one of the biggest challenges that I hear uh, um, with one of, with solos, a lot of solos that I talk with, a lot of my clients um, and uh, other solos that I've spoken with, uh, small firm owners talk about staffing being one of the biggest challenges. Mm -hmm. uh, and because, you know, uh, the people you might invest in training somebody and then, you know, things happen with people, they move or, you know, they work, turn out not to be the person you thought they were <laughs> that kind uh, of thing. Uh, right. So it is definitely, but so what are some of the things that you have learned from some of your staffing changes that have improved your, have improved, improved your skills as a leader over time? Um, I like feedback, um, you know, and I have an open door policy and I like for them to tell me what's working, what's not working, to give me suggestions. Um, and I listen. I think that's key to listen to your employees because sometimes, you know, not sometimes, they're always the front face of the firm. So um, I think listening to them, it, it's key. Right, right. So um, talk to me about some of the other um, lessons that you think you have learned in this process in the couple of years that you have had your own practice. What, what are some of the, the challenges you've had that you've overcome that you feel really proud of that you've accomplished? Um, challenges that we've had, you know, challenges, time management. And, and I think you overcome that obviously with hiring people that can help you and that you can delegate um, work on. Um, time for yourself is a huge challenge because you feel like you cannot detach from work. Um, so that's one of the things that I learned with you to for example, like have a travel fund, schedule a, a trip because you deserve it and you work hard. So that's one of the things that I have accomplished this year because I set my mind to to do that. Um, and because, you know, I have people that I can rely on and leave at the firm and handle the firm for a few days. I still freak out and I get paranoid when I get on the plane and I don't stop emailing or texting. But <laughs> I but I know that it's that everything is being handled. Obviously, you know, I have to plan my trips like at least two months in advance to make sure that that nothing is scheduled. Um, so, you know, I think those are one of one of the challenges. And also clients are very demanding. They always want to talk to you and just you. So, I, you know, I trained my team to um, to handle, you know, like front-end questions and to give clients updates. Um, we also, uh, you know, try to do as much as case update in the 
case management software so that when they call, everybody knows what's going on and they just don't want to talk to me what's going on in my case and, and somebody else can do that. So, so that's also challenging. Right. So kind of introducing your clients to other team members and making that information available so you're not the only one that holds that information. Correct. All right. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, uh, talking, speaking of your travel, um, that is one of the things that um, I think is just fantastic about the way that you have set up your your life and your firm is that I know travel is very important to you. You love to uh, travel and go on adventures and you love the beach. And I always envy your your travel log and your travel <laughs> photos when I see them. And of course you look amazing in a bikini. I envy that too. So, <laughs> oh, so when I, I see that, but that is something I've seen a lot of over the last year is that you managed mm-hmm. to really build that into your schedule, which when you and I first met, that was something that, you know, it was a dream of yours you wanted to be able to do. Um, mm-hmm. But that took some work to really incorporate that into your yep. life. And yep. um, and so tell us a little bit more about how how you just how you did that and what you what made you decide that 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 you needed to do that. Well, you know, it, this is like I like I said, you know, it's it's challenging to run your own practice. You know, you have a lot of you feel overwhelmed. Um, at times, because you know you're poking in a lot of people's problems. So, you know, when I got with you and you said, "Well, you have to," you know, I recommend, I suggest you do a travel fund and that you schedule vacations. The only way to do it is just to do it. So I set myself to schedule a trip or or just a getaway, like every two months or every two and a half months, and and I just and I'm sticking to it. You know, this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this this month, I'm going to get back from this, and I'm going to do this other one. So, and, you know, and, and my team knows when I put attorney hours out for like four days, I'm going somewhere. And I just think it, it's necessary for your peace of mind if you want to make it in this business for, for you know, for many years. Right, right. To take that, make yourself a priority and take that time. It certainly is, especially... Mm-hmm. In in our world and our business, you're, when you're when you have clients who, you, you know, when you're a, a lawyer and you're in the thick of dealing with problems all the time, all mm-hmm. of your clients, you're in the problem solving business. Exactly, and, it, and it's adversarial a lot of time, most of the time. You know, mm-hmm. that's a very stressful business, and it is. <laughs> about the only way you can get away from it really is to disconnecting. Put, yeah, disconnect <laughs> entirely, just step away completely, mm-hmm. right? And you've really yep. found a way to do that. And and the way you do that is put it on your calendar and make it happen. Exactly. You know, the only so, way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, truly. Get on a plane and fly far away. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. But you also had to put the structure in place, like you said, with the team that you had to acclimate your clients to an environment where other people can answer their questions. Mm-hmm. You had to equip 
your team. You had to put a team in place and equip them with the tools they need to be able to handle your clients while you were gone. Yeah. There are other pieces and parts there that, that you put in place. So that, how long did it take you to do that? Um, you know, since I, when was it that I, when I started working with you and, you know, as soon as you hired someone um, and, and when the, the trip is scheduled, you know, you, you alert the team and you let them know. Um, and they know that they cannot schedule anything around those dates. So um, it's it's just been ongoing. You know, I'm still, I think, learning to to do that. Um, but you know, it, and it also involves by filing notices of unavailability so that judges know, so assistant state attorneys know not to book anything um, during those dates. So and like, and I think it was it was mostly this year when I started doing that. Mm-hmm. Taking some time for myself. So, where's your next big, your next fabulous trip? I'm going to Napa. Napa. It's already booked. I'm going to Napa in October. <laughs> oh, fabulous! That's yes. very exciting. I've never been, so I'm excited. Yes. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Uh, I can't wait to see the pictures of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll live vicariously through you on that trip. Um, <laughs> So tell so tell us what's next for uh, the Ehlers Law Firm. What kind of things um, are on the horizon for you? Are you uh, you have more? I know growth ahead of you. Uh, uh, you know, a couple of years down the road. Um, what kinds of things do you see for your your firm? Are you planning on uh, adding well, more attorneys? Yes, I'm expanding. I I leased the office next to me so that I can have more space. Um, I do want to have at least two more attorneys um, in in the firm. So, because sometimes I feel like I'm split in between two counties, and and it's and it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So I'm planning on adding two more attorneys, um, perhaps another paralegal, and perhaps a person just focused on calling. Um, on calling leads and updating clients. So right. that, that's, that's exciting. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and around here, you mentioned two counties. Um, and we have a lot of counties around here that are in driving. But, you know, around here, you driving just between two counties is a lot of driving with our traffic. It so is. I, it is. You, know, you can, uh, I mean, just going from one courthouse to another and there's your day, right? Yeah, um, this week telling the girls that I drove so much that I felt like I needed a driver. I mean, obviously I'm not at that point or level to hire a driver, but it's maybe that's what you should put on your list, (laughs) (laughs) but it is tiring, you know, going to orange County, going to Osceola, going to the jail here, going to this other jail, going to Seminole running errands. So yeah, it is. I've been eating all this week lunch out of my car. I grabbed my lunch. I grab my lunch bag with my ice pack and then I just eat lunch whenever it's time to eat lunch in the car. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. So you yes. could be like, you could be like the Lincoln lawyer though. You could get yourself a nice, you know, big Lincoln driver. And <laughs> Did you ever see that movie? I have not, but I heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> you need to watch that movie. That's what you need to do is get, get yourself a, a, a car and a driver. And, uh, <laughs> 
Speaking of uh, lunch and everything like that, you I'm sure you eat very healthy too because I know you are a big fitness buff and you always make time for your workouts at like five yes. in the morning. Yes, that's my that's my time where I can work out. Yes, I try to eat healthy for most you know for the for the most part. Sometimes I you know I cheat and I eat whatever I want, but you know for the most part I I try to eat healthy. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, you, you're, then you're really on it. You're really, <laughs> you're doing better than some of us. Let me say, so I, you know, by the time I wake up, you are long, you are long gone from the gym. So I'm, I, I, <laughs> I know, I know. It's not fun sometimes around one o'clock in the afternoon where I start feeling sleepy, uh, but it's, uh, I cannot wake out in the afternoon. I'm tired. I just want to get home or, or, or just stay late in the office. So. Well, it pays, it pays off. It pays off. You definitely can tell it. All right. So tell us where we can uh, find you on the internet. Where can we find out more about your uh, law firm? Well, Alice Law Firm is on Facebook, and that's the nickname, Alice Law Firm, as well as Instagram. Um, my website, www.allerslawfirm.com. And the office phone number, it's 407-930-4888. Fabulous. Well, I am so glad that you're here today. I've enjoyed talking with you and uh, I appreciate all that you've shared because I know that there are other folks out there that will um, really get a lot out of the information that you've shared today. And uh, of course, I always enjoy talking with you. So thanks so much for being here and talking with me. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been great also. Okay, terrific. Uh, and that's it. Thank you. The Solo to CEO podcast is sponsored by D. Frederick Media and Marketing and the Solo to CEO system. We help professional women entrepreneurs transform from solos to CEOs of high-impact, high-revenue-generating businesses while reclaiming their time and creating the lifestyle of their dreams. If you are ready to skyrocket your revenue, cultivate a crackerjack team and set up systems and automation to get your firm running like a well-oiled machine so you can focus on the highest and best use of your time then you'll want to attend our latest presentation six shifts to transform your solo practice into a seven-figure firm with total ease register at law.solo to ceo.biz webinar